So many things have ruined my childhood So I go online to bitch and cry It feels like all of Hollywood is up against me They even made Optimus Fly New versions of what I grew up with Are being remade, rebooted and retried My adolescence is under attack now I think that a part of me has died Aliens, uh -huh, uh -huh. Predators, uh -huh, uh -huh. Marvel, uh -huh, uh -huh. DC, uh -huh, uh -huh. maybe it doesn't all quite sting. Okay, well, except maybe for that Jar Jar Binks. Could it be I've misunderstood? This podcast ruined my childhood. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this podcast ruined my childhood. I'm Phil, and with me is Eric. Eric, how's it going? Get over here! get over here to start talking about the brand new remake of Mortal Kombat. That'll just be playing in the background, I'm sure. I'm sure I won't do the voiceover, but Mortal Kombat started as a video game many, many years ago. Uh, the first Mortal Kombat game was in 1992. So that was down towards our childhoods. Uh, definitely was on the tail end of childhood, quote unquote. But we probably shouldn't have been playing the Mortal Kombat video game as children anyway. So in 1992, Eric, uh, did you play the first Mortal Kombat or did you get into the games a little bit later? I played it, but uh, I was never really good at it. I basically did... What I think most people did was learn how to use Scorpion and throw his spear and do his uh, go backwards and flip up and pop up on the other side of the screen move. <laughs> yep. Yep. But, uh, I, yeah, I wasn't really good at it. I actually enjoyed watching other people play Mortal Kombat because I had a friend who was incredible at every fighter game that ever came out. Mm -hmm. Like, he knew every move for every player, every special attack, every fatality, all that stuff. And, yeah, not just for Mortal Kombat, but for all games. And it, and it really was entertaining to watch because you got to see things that, you know, the average player just couldn't do. Sure. So, so yeah, I played it, but, but not really much. And, and fighter games really weren't... Uh, really weren't my thing mm -hmm. if i were gonna pick a fighter game from that era that i did play a ton uh it would have been the double dragon and yeah. double dragon 2 yeah well you hold tight on talking about double dragon because i have a feeling we're gonna have to someday eventually get to the uh the double dragon movie that was made <laughs> mm -hmm. um but yeah, I, same with me. I wasn't great at fighting games, and I didn't love fighting games. But when Mortal Kombat came out, it was just different. It hit different for me. Um, and, and in 1992, I was 11. 
So maybe, you know, I was just on the tail end of being a kid and starting to see this kind of gore and violence in video games was brand new. And uh, I was I was down for it. And so I loved playing Mortal Kombat and I wasn't really good at it, but I really enjoyed it because I could play it on the easy setting and then do all the fatalities. And so I learned all the special moves and I uh, fell in love with uh, the other uh, masked character, Sub-Zero. That was kind of my go-to. I really loved freezing people and then going and uppercutting them out of the ice or freezing them and then doing like a flying kick into their face. Um, so Scorpion, it was really like you had two camps of people. It was either the Scorpion lovers or the Sub-Zero lovers. And I just so happened to be a Sub-Zero lover. Uh, but then of course there were the other mainstays like Liu Kang, Johnny Cage, Sonya Blade. Um, you know, they, they were the epitome of this game because you knew that Sub-Zero and Scorpion looked evil and these three humanoid people looked like the heroes, right? Yeah, I suppose. I never even looked at it that way. I, I didn't look at it as... Like, I don't even know what the really original story of the video game was. I mean, back then, I didn't really pay attention. It's like, oh, it's a tournament. Okay, go. Yeah. And that, that was all. I I didn't get into, like, everybody's backstory. You know, who was who and what they did and where they came from. I mean, not beyond... Johnny Cage was supposed to be a Hollywood stuntman. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, Sub-Zero and and Scorpion were just ninjas and I don't know if they had any uh any connection back in the original video game if their backstory had anything to do with anything we've seen on the screen so far. Um but yeah, to yeah. me it was just a fighter game. That's it. Just go. And I, I didn't really care about anybody's backstory and i think that's kind of where the movies run into problems honestly but uh <laughs> but we'll get there yeah yeah so they did have a backstory in the first game but like you said it was just a tournament of fighting so they didn't really have to rely on story and many of the mortal kombat games although they created a storyline for the games and they all weave together they still in the beginning you didn't really care, right? You just mm-hmm. you just played to fight. Uh, and I guess as the games have gone on, and now I think Mortal Kombat 11 has come out, or maybe 10, or I'd have to check again, but uh, the newest Mortal Kombat game that's come out, um, there relies pretty heavily on story and why you go fight. But the it's it's funny you say that the movies get into the problem of, of developing plot because the plot they develop is what the game is supposed to be where there's this there's multiple realms and the evil you know the evil characters want to just defeat the earth realm which is where our main characters of Liu Kang and Sonya Blade and Johnny Cage and I think the other two that were main in the game were Jax and uh Luke and Kung Lao and then Raiden was protecting them and everybody else that was part of the game were the the evil side from the outer realm. And they were trying to just defeat the earth realm so that they could take over all of the realms. Uh, and I guess the earth realm is what stood in their way. And that's 
kind of what the story of the first movie back in what 95 95 was trying to accomplish trying to show but, us but see the so if we're just going to dive in this is exactly why these movies in my opinion just there's a little bit of cool icon candy involved but otherwise they uh they are just not good movies and I don't know as there's any way to make them good movies. Like, I flipped this around in my head a bunch of times. Like, what makes sense? Like, how could you actually bring these characters from these realms that makes very little sense? It's just an excuse to have a video game. But I don't think it's a very good excuse to have a movie about that video game. Mm-hmm. Um because supposedly also there's already been nine previous tournaments and if you lose 10 in a row then your planet falls. So there's already been 10 of these tournaments. I'm I actually am a little more curious about that. Like we already did this 10 times and lo- or nine times and lost. <laughs> who were who were these suckers, man? <laughs> like how did it come down to to these people and like you know, Liu Kang and his whole, depending on what version of the Mortal Kombat movies you're going to go with, or even the video game, he's supposed to be part of the Temple of Monks. So have they sent nine other fighters to die and Liu Kang is like oblivious to this? Is he from the line of fighters? Was it his father and his father's father and so on that just went and died? And now it's like, all right, well, that's 10 tournaments in a row. Mm-hmm. The other part of this too is they're... Now they're cheating on the tenth one. Now the Shadow Realm is is pulling shenanigans. Is is that how they won the other tournaments? Were they cheating? Did Raiden not get involved in any of those tournaments? And now he's like, okay, well it's the tenth one. I guess I got to protect Earth. And why is he protecting Earth now? See, it just leads to too much, too much that yeah. just it's it's unexplainable nonsense. And it works for a video game, but right. not for a live action. Hollywood movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You bring all that up. You know, uh, we've talked in past episodes about how you have to, how sometimes they, these distributors and, and makers of film and games force you to buy other mediums to get the story. And for the original Mortal Kombat game, there was a comic book that tied in that told you the backstory, but who out there actually bought the comic book for the game? They just, went and got the game, right? I didn't even know there was a comic book until I did some research for this. And the the background that they tell in the comic has just kind of become the lore of Mortal Kombat that has kind of expanded when the games have grown and they started putting more of the backstory in the games. But you're right. I don't know why they lost nine in a row and why Raiden didn't write, excuse me, <clears throat> why Raiden didn't get involved sooner. Why, you know, these, these different fights had been happening on Shang Tsung's Island for all these years, but his Island is connected to the shadow realm, but not part of the shadow realm. It's part of the earth realm. And so it's all just very confusing. And you're right. When you make it into a movie, you have to create stakes that aren't part of a 1992 video game. And the right. stakes that they try to create are 
really kind of laughable. In the right. new one, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. In the in the in the ninety five movie, uh, it wasn't as bad because, like I said, they were just trying to go with some like cool eye candy kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, try to just take things from the movie and put them together. But but then too, where it sort of loses a little bit of its luster in that in the original is like you have the the Johnny Cage fight with Scorpion where they actually go through like a couple of quote, like levels Mm -hmm. from the video game. But then you've got the Sonya blade Kano fight on the Island, which is barely an MMA fight. Right. Right. And that might've had to do with the abilities of the two actors because they weren't using a whole lot of stunt doubles in that, in that scene. I know, and that's what I mean. You're just you're losing that uh, the opulence of the video game by not either using better stunt doubles or using better actors in the first place. Yeah, like why go with an actor for a fighting movie that has no ability to fight? I get that this was made in '95 before all of the super duper CGI computer stuff, and I wouldn't even really want it to be too CGI computer stuff. Uh, see also the second original Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> yeah. But but you could have you could have still done better with the stunt fighting and everything. Which that that's what confuses me too about that first Mortal Kombat movie. Like some scenes I think, wow, they put some money behind this. And then some scenes I'm like, did they put any money behind this? <laughs> and and that's that's exactly what I mean between going from the Johnny Cage stuff to towards the end and 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 Goro and all that. And, and then all of a sudden now you're just on a on a beach, and this seems like just a little petty uh, skirmish. Yeah, yep. It's very very odd. Something just to call out is that Bridget Wilson is Sonya Blade, and every time I see her in Mortal Kombat, all I think of is Billy Madison saying "Oh so hot." Yeah. Uh, it's just interesting that she went from Billy Madison to Mortal Kombat. Well, she was probably on fire at that moment. Yep. And she thought Mortal Kombat was going to be the thing that really made her career. Yeah, the hottest video game around at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, who wouldn't think it? But then yeah. that's the other thing. If you look at there's there's no other real, quote, star in Mortal Kombat. No. I mean, except uh, Raiden. Christopher Lambert. Christopher Lambert. Mm-hmm. with that weird way of talking yeah. like i don't know how to even describe it it's hey, 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 hey. i barely move my lips when i speak yeah it's like he's doing a ventriloquist act of himself <laughs> it's, it's, it's just actually really, really weird accurate uh Kerry tagawa was a pretty big asian actor and he played shang uh shang song right yeah but again like then, you could have you could have had like some leading guy as Johnny Cage, but right. again, the era that this was made, you mm-hmm. were just like breaking the ice with the Batman movies with Keaton and yeah. Val Kilmer, and you started throwing like bigger stars were starting to come around to ooh, you could kind of be in these kind of things, which also again confuses me why the new Mortal Kombat is void of anybody big name yeah 
Well, yeah. it's big name with Asian actors, but that's it, you know, and we'll, we'll get there in a couple minutes, but they were really playing. Sure. They, when they made the movie, it seemed like they were really playing to make a lot of money over in, in the Asia region of the world. And that's fine. I'm, it's, you know, where, wherever you think it's going to market the best, yeah. I just, I well, would think. Problem is we had a pandemic, so didn't really get to market it well at all. Yeah, that's true. But going back to the first movie, it was a, even though it had a lot of flaws, it was a huge success because they made the movie for $18 million. And you can tell that they only made it for $18 million. <laughs> but it grossed $122 million around the world. So that's a huge return on your investment. And so, of course, they greenlit the sequel immediately. But for some reason, they didn't bring back almost any of the main actors. Uh, it was only Liu Kang, so Robin Chu. There was the new villain of Shao Kahn, who was the bigger villain yes. when Mortal Kombat 2 and 3 and 4 and all the video games came out. And Shao Kahn was the, the big bad that Shang Tsung reported to. So right. that's, a, that's what happened there. So it really was just uh, Liu Kang's character, Robin Shu, who carried on. And I think Katana, Talisa Soto, um, who was, I guess, six years removed from being in a James Bond movie at that point. Really? Yeah. So, like, her star was not big enough, but it was big enough that she was a Bond girl. And so she goes into Mortal Kombat and then Mortal Kombat 2. But they were the only yeah. two that carried on. They got a new Raiden, which Dexter fans out there will remember James Remar. Dexter's dad. Yep. And a new Johnny Cage, who died immediately. Yeah. In the beginning he, of the film. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> and a new Sonya Blade. It's supposed to be the emotional impact of the film, and it's like, that was just laughable. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just falls very flat. Speaking of that, so just to, to get away from the cast, just to go back to the the ninety five one, the uh, and talking about plot, if these are supposed to be the fighters that you know, again, it's it's questionable about how these fighters even get included into this tournament, mm -hmm. because if they're supposed to be the best fighters of Earth and the Shadowlands are cheating. I don't know why they're going out of their way to make sure that these people are included in the tournament. Like the scene where Shang Tsung shows up as Johnny Cage's mentor mm -hmm. and talks him into doing this tournament and tells him to get <laughs> into the tournament. If he wouldn't have done that, Johnny Cage would have just stayed in Hollywood. Yep. So it doesn't make any sense to me why if you're cheating, you're going to get the best players for the other team. Yeah. You would just let, let it go or just murder him. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's the thing that hit me when I rewatched it before watching the newest Mortal Kombat. Because I, I watched, and I think you did too, right? We watched Mortal Kombat and then Mortal Kombat Annihilation and then the new one. And that was the first thing that jumped out at me is, why, just, just kill him. He thinks you're his manager. Just kill him. Just off him right there. Yeah, why why invite him to the tournament? Yeah, because if anything, up, yeah. you know he's one of the people that can defeat you. 
So just get rid of them. Because that's what they tried to do in that, in the the new version, was mm-hmm. just try to get rid of them, yeah. which at least makes a little more sense than inviting them to the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But. Yep. Um, so just moving through Annihilation so we can get to the new one. Um, Annihilation picks up immediately where the original Mortal Kombat left off. But watching them back to back was kind of off-putting, yeah. Because everything changes, yeah, so quickly. Yeah, the whole the the feel of the movies, like I said, now Annihilation, like I felt like I was watching like a B bordering on C level movie with the completely crummy backgrounds and CGI. It looked mm-hmm. terrible. Like it was worse than the original video games cutscenes, you know? Right. Yeah. He you could tell they definitely had more money, but didn't hire the right effects studios to help mm-hmm. bring it to light. But it came out two years later and it the budget, I mean they almost doubled the budget at thirty million. But I don't know where that thirty million went. No, I'd swear they went back to nine. Yeah, because they they got a cast that was cheaper. They had everything was filmed on sound stages and green screens, so that was cheaper. I, I just don't know where where it went. Where did that other twelve million go? Unless that extra twelve million went to all that CGI that was maybe more expensive back then because it took more time. You didn't have the faster computers, the better yeah. programs. For well, for sure. That money went to the CGI, but it doesn't look like it because there were other movies that came out in 97 that used CGI and used it effectively, but we're not oh, talking sure. about those. So they well, just, yeah. I think they just hired the wrong studios and, and just tried to get uh, part of the problem. I think is that they greenlit it so quickly and they couldn't get, or didn't want to get the original cast and director back. And so they just moved fast to stay on the high of Mortal Kombat. So that's what I think happened. Yeah. And then they did the weird Earth cycle things where you can go anywhere on the planet really quickly. Mm-hmm. That was stupid. Yeah. So I did like that they brought back Scorpion and Sub-Zero. And this time Sub-Zero is a good guy. And they even reference like, hey, I killed you. It's like, yeah, but through the power of wishes, I'm back. <laughs> It's like they didn't give a great explanation of how he came back, but um, but then he got to use his wall of ice, which I mm-hmm. thought was super cool. Um, and there are very few things that I find, quote, super cool about Annihilation. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just a terrible movie. To I really felt like I was watching something from the early, early 80s. It was just so nonsensical. Like when they run into that base and Jax is just strapped to the table and there's nobody else in the base. And he's like, ah, Sonia, there you are. I'm like, what? (laughs) What are you doing here? Who strapped you down? Who left you? Why? Why? Why didn't make any sense? And how all the quote unquote bad guys came and it just seemed very, I don't know. It was all too convenient that they all showed up there and then all the bad guys came at the same time. Right. It was very odd. 
Um, but yeah, we had a, it was that scene though, that you're talking about in the base where it was like a slew of Mortal Kombat characters from, I think Mortal Kombat three. Yeah. That like that game had just recently come out. And so they just threw all the characters they could. The, the robot ninja with the dreads mm-hmm. was in there and the clone of Katana was in there. And then Smoke came, who was a robotic version of Sub-Zero, but called Smoke. And then you had Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Jax, Sonya. I mean, it was just like an explosion of these characters all in a very confined space. Mm -hmm. So the one cool part, going back to the first movie that I liked was Reptile. Because Reptile was a pretty cool character, I think, in Mortal Kombat 2, the video game. Uh, Not in the first one, but in the second one. Because, of course, Sub-Zero and Scorpion were so popular, they just had to make characters that looked like them, but were different colors. And so Reptile and Smoke. um, And then, you know, as the game went on, there came more and more and more Sub-Zero slash Scorpion looking ninjas. But I, I liked the, the reptile scene. I just didn't like how they did it with this weird reptile that fell into a corpse and then became reptile. But the fight scene with reptile was second best in the film, I think, aside from what you were talking about with the Johnny Cage scorpion fight. Yes. And not to, not to skip too far forward, I think the way they even treated reptile in the original was better than the way they did reptile in, in the new one. Yeah. Oh yeah. The but, full CGI reptile. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah, yeah, I mean this this was, you know, 80s, 90s, you know, just get a whole rainbow coalition of ninjas, you know, mm-hmm. give every ninja a different color and let them go. <laughs> They'll eat it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, so- the rep- the reptile scene was great. The, the I love that scorpion wood scene. I wish that would have been longer. I thought mm-hmm. that was really really cool. Yeah. Um. I didn't like that they sort of uh, they they made scorpion's hand spear like be alive as a little monster thing. Yeah. I didn't I didn't really care for that. That that seemed strange to me. I guess that's how they we're going to quote explain to the audience how it was able to do what it did because it was a living thing that could think and move. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, and yeah, but I mean, even in the games, it didn't move in different directions. It just right, shot out. It was just back. arrow. Exactly. It was just a spear. So but, that was, they were just trying to show off the little money they did pay for CGI in that, in that sequence. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. The scene, it was very cool in the woods with the dagger going after Johnny Cage. But again, the whole live dagger didn't make any sense. No. It like screamed, opened its mouth, and the little tongue was there. It was just awkward. And to that end, though, that that scene had nothing to do with the original Mortal Kombat movie, which is why I also don't like it, because there is no woods scene in the original Mortal Kombat game. Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. I think there either is in Mortal Kombat 2 or one of this one of the fighting uh, locations, you're at a temple, and behind the temple you can see trees. But it might have been in Mortal Kombat 2 where you fought in the woods. I, I can't recall. 
Yeah. It was it was an awkward scene with the scorpion dagger alive. But when Johnny Cage, you know, they go through, like you said, you go through multiple Mortal Kombat battle scenes. And when he finally destroys Scorpion, Scorpion becomes just this flaming corpse. And it was all like all their money was put into that single fight. Yes. Multiple locations. Uh, the CGI for Scorpion. They just knew that Scorpion was one of the two most popular characters, and Johnny Cage was probably number three or four in popularity. Mm-hmm. And in the U.S., he was immensely popular because he's like the American going to fight in Mortal Kombat. So people loved playing as Johnny Cage in America. Um, so I think that's probably why they put all their money behind Scorpion and Johnny Cage fight. But so Mortal Kombat Annihilation, it's just a kind of a travesty. Uh, it only made 51 million or 52 million worldwide. So even though they spent more on it, they didn't really make anything on it. And it definitely was not the success that they hoped for because they were planning to make a Mortal Kombat 3 that just got, you know, immediately shelved. Mm-hmm. So we then fast forward and we've had a lot of video games and a lot of animated um, media for Mortal Kombat. There's been at least two animated movies, maybe three animated movies, um, one larger budget, which I believe takes place after Annihilation. Um, But they finally greenlight a reboot that is produced by James Wan. We're in an era right now where a lot of what James Wan touches turns to gold. He, you know, he had his debut with the Saw films and he then created the Conjuring universe, which is just destroying the box office. Any Conjuring movie that comes out just like triples or quadruples what money goes into it. And they got James Wan to do Furious 7, which just, you know, was one of the ones that kept the franchise moving forward into taking new risks and chances. Uh, And then he goes and does Aquaman, which again, not one of the best DC movies, but definitely one of the most ambitious DC movies. And a lot of people loved it. It's again, like every DC extended universe film, it's very divisive, but he's on board making Aquaman too. And so when you have him attached to produce Mortal Kombat, you green light it right away because this guy just prints money. But what happened? We hit a pandemic, and they couldn't release the movie in theaters. It got canceled uh, from being in theaters in 2020. And so it goes to HBO Max. Warner Brothers puts all of their releases in 2021 on HBO Max. And so that's where I'm pretty sure we both got to watch it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at home, in comfort of our own homes, watching mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat. And uh, what, did you, what did you think of the reboot? I guess I thought about this the same thing I thought about Independence Day 2. You've had well over 20 years to think about this, and this is the best you could do. Like, it just, (laughs) it seriously, for all the time, and now we're in, like you said, we're in a modern age now where you can do better things. Things are, they're, they're more I wouldn't say necessarily they're more popular, but they're definitely more accepted, more big name talent 
is attracted to this stuff. You can get like the director you're describing, you know, all the Marvel movies you've seen who's they, you know, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, uh, Chris Hemsworth, they, they created these characters that, you know, when you talk about printing money, that's, that's printing money right there. So mm -hmm. why Mortal Kombat is still a huge name. Why you, why nobody popular in Hollywood wanted to jump at this. Now, granted you're limited by the characters themselves. You, mm -hmm. You've got, you know, like you said, there's, there's only a couple of human characters um, and, and you wouldn't necessarily want to be a ninja with a thing over your face, you know, unless you get Ray Park to do it. He loves doing that stuff, but right. But well, otherwise his own string of issues right now. So you can't get him for anything. <laughs> I just don't know why there wasn't a big face like headlining this, making the next mortal combat, like, like plan it out as a series. Um, mm -hmm. I think you, you just throw, I, I think I think that's the other problem with the first Mortal Kombat is you already threw the kitchen sink at it and you went through the entire story. You didn't leave anything really open, so you had to create that whole BS annihilation plot yeah. that just didn't really track with what you'd set up. I mean, mm -hmm. you could have, you know, left a cliffhanger. One of the characters was kidnapped or imprisoned or or something and 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 I think you got to get away from the source material a little further. And and they did. They tried that with that whole beginning ninja scene to make Scorpion and Sub-Zero these mortal enemies. Right. And which I think they might have already been mortal enemies in the original stuff. Mm -hmm. But see, that's the thing. The fact that I'm even saying, like, I think <laughs> they might have been. I'm not sure if they were. That you could have done kind of anything with this new one. And people would wouldn't have been screaming like Mortal Kombat doesn't have fans out there be like that's nah, not canon. It's not like there's Marvel fans or Star Trek fans or Star Wars fans to go rabid about this. You can play with it a little more, like take it, develop it into more of a a longer story because you already started it out again with the ten tournaments thing. We've already right. lost nine, but we never talk about the nine we lost. Yeah, why not incorporate that into some sort of prelude to this you know do mm -hmm. a you know make Liu Kang I, I think I, I guess Liu Kang did have the nightmare where Kung Lao died right yeah that was that's what woke him up was his brother died and he he had run away from his monastery or whatever and 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 the fact again that even as I'm talking about this it's all mixed up in my head and what happened in which movie <laughs> It just goes to show that none of it was really memorable. It just didn't set itself apart. Yeah. And 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 just a, a funny comment I saw a, a friend of mine on Facebook actually put uh, Mortal Kombat. Huh, not too bad. It was actually pretty enjoyable. I kind of really liked it. It was a, a fun way to do this. And just the way he described it, but two weeks prior he had posted – Ugh, the Fast and the Furious franchise. Ugh, what garbage. Why are they still making these? This is terrible. And I'm like, <laughs> are you serious? You just slammed Fast and the Furious and you like Mortal Kombat? Mortal Kombat was the Fast and the Furious of, of video games. Of video game movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was terrible. 
the there's only one good line in the whole movie, and they make you wait the entire movie to hear it. Get over here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, come on. We're dying to hear it. We want to see it. And you made us wait to the end of the movie. And by then, we don't even care. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So you're talking about the new one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I threw a little bit of the old one in there, too, sure. a little. But, yeah. I mean, it's like I said, it all gets mixed in my head. Mm-hmm. And and then, so, uh, I mean, I know this might sound like I'm going back against myself by saying the main character was a character who's never been in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. So, yes, you do need to develop something beyond Mortal Kombat, but I don't think you can center Mortal Kombat on something that is not Mortal Kombat. You know what I mean? Yep. Develop Here's... Johnny Cage more. Yep. Develop yep. develop Sonya Blade more. Make them the center and then expand. Mm-hmm. I am in 100% agreement with you. I am all about the sequel to this movie. Having this young upstart who is now going to help lead the revolution against Shang Tsung and Shao Kahn. Like, I am all on board for that. But the first Mortal Kombat movie, when you're rebooting the franchise, shouldn't focus on a brand new character that has this weird chi power that creates, like, metal armor on his body and weird knives coming out of his hands. Like, you should focus your new Mortal Kombat movie on the characters that everybody loves. (laughs) And replace everything you just said and describe 2015 Force Awakens. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. How funny. But it's 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 true, though. I mean, we grew up, and that's... What the, when you make a Mortal Kombat movie and you reboot it, what, nine, uh, 28 years, 29 years after the original game, you should focus on the nostalgic characters that people loved. And they did their best by making Scorpion and Sub-Zero the enemies of each other that the whole story kind of centers around the heart, the quote unquote heart of this story kind of centers around Scorpion and Sub-Zero. And then this new kid Cole is a descendant of Scorpions. So they tried to make that be part of the emotional uh, weight of the movie. But again, don't give us somebody new yet. Introduce somebody new either halfway through or at the end of the movie, and they're the MacGuffin. Maybe the new person is the MacGuffin that Johnny Cage and Liu Kang and Jax and Sonya have to go find. And then he can help them defeat Shang Tsung. But centering the movie around him at the beginning just screws with the pace of what Mm -hmm. should be a fun Mortal Kombat movie because Mm -hmm. we have to get to know a new character we have to meet his family. Uh, we have to spend time with them trying to make us care about his family. So when Goro goes to try to kill them, you care. But which, which you don't. Yeah. <laughs> and then Goro goes out so easily because Cole finds his new power to protect his family. But it, 
it just was very it, it, that part of the movie was poorly done. The fighting was awesome. Yeah, the great finishing fight. moves were so good. Kung Lao throwing his hat and then riding uh who was it? Melina mm-hmm. down into the hat so it cut her in half. That was so cool. <laughs> yeah. Kano being part of the good guys and then flipping bad was also really good. Mm-hmm. I think when we when we first watched these movies, you know, what, two months ago at this point almost, I sent you a meme that started circulating within the first weekend of this movie being released on HBO Max where the actor uh, Josh Lawson, who played Kano, it, I think the meme was Josh Lawson hospitalized after having having to carry the entire weight of Mortal Kombat on his shoulders. Right, right. <laughs> because the Kano character was like the only fun one in the movie that made you laugh, that made you have any emotional reaction. Right. And it was he was really good in the role. And I just wanted to hate him. Like that's when you know you have a good villain in a movie, right? You you love to hate them. And Kano did that. But none of the other characters did that. Exactly. There, I, yeah, I had no connection to to any of them, and I didn't, I didn't understand like a lot of the rules about what they're doing and why they're doing it. And Raiden can protect them here and not there, and he throws up a beam, and I don't know. Yeah. It just, yeah. It it was it was a little too messy. Parts of it were too messy, and they the whole point of this is that Shang Tsung and his team of assassins or fighters or whatever you want to call it from the shadow realm or the nether realm or the outer realm or wherever, whatever realm they're all from the fact that they are trying to stop everyone from getting to the tournament is like kind of, you said, it's an interesting new take on it, but we don't come to mortal Kombat to see the pre fight. We come to mortal Kombat to see mortal Kombat. Mm hmm. And so they, I think they missed that opportunity by not showing us what we wanted. And, and I think part of WB's want here is they're trying still, even now, trying to find their MCU because the DC Extended Universe hasn't done what they wanted it to. Um, and they don't really have a franchise that they can create this one huge universe for. And James Wan has created this awesome Conjuring universe. So they want Mortal Kombat to be a multi-film, multi-universe type type franchise. And they've already talked about, you know, this, this is spawning a sequel, which who knows if it'll actually get made, but they leave it where the end of the movie, they have to go find Johnny Cage and some other fighters to then actually go to real Mortal Kombat. So the movie ends with Cole Young leaving his MMA career behind to go find Johnny Cage. And they've already said that they're thinking about doing a spinoff of just Johnny Cage on his own standalone movie, which I don't know how that will work. But they're trying, they're doing their best to think about how do we make this like the MCU? How do we get the returns of the MCU? So... They've made this first Mortal Kombat, which is like a prequel, which is, you know, they're 
their first version of Avengers. And then they're going to do a Johnny Cage, potentially a Johnny Cage standalone movie, which is their Captain America. And then they'll probably come back for Mortal Kombat 2, where they bring Johnny Cage into the fight, and they actually go to Mortal Kombat. And so they, they want to do this, but I just don't know if the team behind these movies are really thinking about it, the breadth of what they need to, to make it successful. Because they've already shown with this first movie that it's it's modestly successful because people want to see fighting and they want the name Mortal Kombat, but it's not what people actually wanted to see. And that was kind of shown once it came out and it was able to get released worldwide. The budget for it was $55 million. Obviously, they thought it was going to be bigger pre-pandemic, but it still made $125 million. So it had return. We just don't know if it's enough return for them to make more. So, I, I can't see building a franchise around such a mediocre film. Yeah, I they agree. And they, especially they no did, talent, no real talent, no real talent. They didn't they didn't leave again. They didn't they didn't build a world like going to find Johnny Cage to what end? Like, why? Like, why? There's no there's no rhyme or reason why a stuntman in Hollywood should be... Well, he's not a stuntman. He's a huge action star in these universes. Even in Mortal Kombat 1, I know you said stuntman before, but he's, well, he's a whatever. huge, supposedly in this universe, he is the number one martial artist actor in Hollywood. Okay, and, but, but still... Yeah. He's well, the guy. He supposedly has the mark, I guess. And that's the, another plot point that they throw in this film is that if you're from Earth and you have this dragon birthmark, you will eventually get superpowers and be able to fight in this Mortal Kombat contest. All right. We have this on tape. Re- rewind it and listen to what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and you tell me if that's something that a Hollywood executive should have said yes to. I mean, come on. That just sounds dumb, too. I know. I mean, and we they, didn't even get into the dragon tattoo stuff, but that was so stupid. I and know. it can be transferred. Well, I mean, that's geez. the thing, too. They were, You know that Hollywood executive was like, wait a minute. So you're saying if they kill a bad guy, they get the tattoo? Let's do it. Let's do it. I mean, even theme park tickets say right on it, not transferable. <laughs> the dragon tattoo should have been not transferable. Well... Sonya had to get powers somehow, and they didn't want to make her have the powers from the beginning. I know, and that's just plot devicey. Yep, that's just yep. that's just dragging it out for mm-hmm. for whatever reason. But then that's the thing: if you have the tattoo, supposedly, eventually, you get your superpower. But you can get a tattoo, and then you can get a superpower. So, what's what's the point of that? Like, mm-hmm. then it's not even embedded in you. It's like. You can just pick one up. Yep. And that's and, what happened to Kano, right? Kano killed somebody that had the tattoo. And so right. he it transferred to him. So then when Sonya killed him, she got so, it. So, so now let's take that concept, though, even though I think it's terrible. And then why wasn't Sub-Zero marching around uh, a bunch of, of his friends <laughs> to go kill those people and get their tattoos. Then he's got everybody who's got a tattoo. 
yeah. on his side. Well, Shang Tsung, right? right? Shang Tsung is the main villain trying to stop this. Well, right, but but Sub Zero was the the messenger guy. I mean, yeah, he was the one going around right. wrecking everything. Right, right. He was Jax's doing it for and... yeah. He was doing it for Shang Tsung. But I just mean, why wasn't mm-hmm. yeah? Why didn't Sub Zero have like a couple minions just waiting in the and then Scorpio or Sub Zero gets him to the point of death. And then he goes, hey, you, come here. Just cut his head off and you get the tattoo, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Hmm. I just, it just, none of it. Uh, I mean, yes, I would watch the action the same way I watch Car Chase and Fast and the Furious and be like, wow, that was, that was pretty good. That was pretty, oh, wow, that was good stunt work. I like that. Mm-hmm. But then when it, you get to the story, you're like, this just makes no sense. Right. I'm not invested in any of this. Like I actually watching the first 15 minutes, like you said, when we get to know Cole and his family, I'm like, is he from another version of Mortal Kombat? And then I really quickly Googled and it says, nope, he's a new guy. He's never been in anything Mortal Kombat. He's not in any. And I'm like, oh, this is terrible then. Yeah. Yeah. I think another thing that really shows is the director, Simon McQuaid or McQued, however you say his name, this is like his first real movie. He did something else. And when I look him up on IMDb, he did something else in 2014, but that's it. And so I don't know if James Wan just got a buddy of his that he knew in Australia when they were growing up or something, but he he has two director credits on his IMDb page. It is a short in 2014 and then Mortal Kombat in 2021. And I think when, when you watch a movie that has a big budget like this and a first time director that really might not have the wherewithal to make a big budget action movie, it shows. And you could tell a lot of the cuts were kind of jumpy. Um, the action, we, we left action in the middle of it to go find other action, but the other action it was cutting to in the moment, like I'm thinking about the big fight when they're all fighting together the first time Shang Tsung and his forces raid the temple. It's going from from character to character fighting, but it's not like a continuous fight. Every time it cuts to something else, there's a quick conversation. But it's all happening in real time. So it should just be a continuation of a battle. But it's really just moving to the next characters. And since we don't really get to develop any character, except for the main few heroes, you have to have some exposition dump about who this bad guy is. And so they talk for 30 seconds, which breaks the pacing. And then they fight, and the fight's really cool. And then it cuts to other people, and they they talk for 30 seconds. And then they fight, and the fight is really cool. And then it cuts back to other people, and they're talking. And then they fight, and it's really cool. And then at the very end, it culminates finally in action that's going from fight to fight to fight. But it takes too long to get there. And by the time we got to that end point where 
Kung Lao used his his hat to cut Molina in half, I was like finally cheering that something really good happened, but also really bored with this this fight scene that was supposed to be like the denouement getting us to the end of the movie. You know, this was supposed to be the exciting end of Act 2, and I just was bored until someone died. (laughs) You're not wrong. You're already telling a story we sort of know. There's very little, I can't say very little, there's less drama involved in the fight scenes because you know until, like you said, you get to the end, you know nobody's really going to die. Nobody can die this soon. You know, anytime like 10 ninjas just show up and you don't know who they are, yeah, they're they're done. <laughs> and I flipped this movie around in my head. I flipped this whole premise around in my head a million times. Like, how do you make Mortal Kombat make sense? The premise is there's this tournament that if Earth loses 10 times in a row, they're destroyed and they're up to nine losses. Mm-hmm. And I keep coming back to it. I'm curious about the nine losses. Like, who were those people who lost? How how does Earth collectively really not know that there is a shadow realm, that they're part of this tournament? How are the mm-hmm. fighters that are part of Earth put here? Like, they're like just... It's almost like they're alien abduction types. Like, you wouldn't believe it. There's a tournament to save Earth. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, get in the loony bin, right? Like, That's like hilarious. That, well, I mean, that just doesn't, it doesn't track. Mm-hmm. Whenever you start doing interdimensional, inter-realm kind of stuff like that, unless it's just this band of a couple people who just go and just go, you know, you can't, you can't have... Sub-Zero raining ice down on New York City and not attract attention somewhere. Yeah. You know? Like, that would be yeah. on the news or something. You, you can't you can't mesh those worlds without there being repercussions. And if you're just going to ignore those repercussions, then you got to find a way to do it in a way that it doesn't really affect Earth, really. But then the stakes are low. But then the stakes are manufactured in the first place. And that's what I'm getting at. I can't figure out how to make Mortal Kombat make sense. And that's why I think these movies will always continue to be not good because it just doesn't make sense as a concept. Mm-hmm. As a video game, yes. I think it's great because you don't need it really to make sense in a video game. But for yeah. a movie, and you, if you're, especially if, like you said, you're trying to build the franchise around it, you got to have you got to have more lore than just two ninjas fought a long time ago in feudal Japan or wherever. And now that has consequence that does, that doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. You you say that. Yep. When you have a film that you're trying to build a franchise around that of course was released in a pandemic and still more than doubled. It's uh, you know, how much it cost to make maybe they'll make a sequel but they probably shouldn't 
I don't I don't even know what this, this the next story would be. I know you said they find Johnny Cage and then go to Mortal Kombat, but but to what but to what end at that point? I will tell you right here that co-writer Greg Russo said in an interview with Collider that he sees the reboot as a trilogy with the first film set before the tournament, the second film set during the tournament, and the third post tournament. So the only thing that makes sense for them to do is go find Johnny Cage and some of the other main fighters from Mortal Kombat 2, 3, 4, and then be in the tournament. And then what happens in Mortal Kombat, the video game, is that the Earthrealm wins, but Shao Kahn comes and disobeys the rules of the tournament and just tries to take over. And so everybody yeah. has to fight him. And that's how Mortal Kombat in the game progressed. Well, that's what Annihilation was, was him just violating right. the rules. But now yeah. here's my question. <laughs> Why wait all these eons or however long it's been to just lose <laughs> the 10th tournament and then decide, screw it, I'm just taking over anyway? Why wouldn't you just do it? Why did he decide to be honor bound? Like, is he sitting there in his trophy room going, there we go. That's four Mortal Kombats. <laughs> Six more and I get Earth and a sandwich. You know, why do well, that? Why? Maybe. Why? Hey, there's five halfway there. Ooh, we won six. Ooh, seven, eight, nine. What? We lost the tenth one. Well, I'm just taking over Earth anyway. Why be well, so patient to go through this whole tournament process and then at the very end be like, you know what? Screw it. Take an Earth. Should have done this years ago. Maybe they'll explain it that he is honor bound, and then when he loses, he just is overcome with rage and needs to take over Earth. And maybe we'll get a huge backstory with a new character, maybe like Shao Kahn's daughter who died in the first Mortal Kombat from someone from Earth, and now he's finally avenging her because he lost the 10th one. But on her deathbed, she said, Dad, win the next 10. No. I He's honor bound until he's not. <laughs> yeah. That's not a plot. Well, isn't that kind of how the second one was? And isn't that kind of how they explained it out in the game? Is but that... that's what I mean. That makes yeah, no, no sense. I, I know it makes no sense, but it's a video game. That makes no sense. <laughs> and then a film based on a video game. <laughs> I mean, because this tournament only takes place every so many hundreds of years, right? Isn't it a generational thing? So if it's a generational, and I'm I'm just going off of, you know, the, because like, yeah, Liu Kang's brother was part of the generations and all that stuff. So, so if it's a hundred years between tournaments, that means he's been waiting a thousand years. And then it finally at year 999 is when he just snaps and goes, yeah, I should have just taken over when I had the chance. Why did I wait this turn? Oh, who talked me into this tournament thing? doesn't it just doesn't make sense that you would wait that long yeah and yeah. then it's just shadow realm versus earth realm that's it there's no other realms well there's no there's six realms and um, has he did he already has the already he already collected the other realms do you only get one realm per 10 wins 
like I said, yeah. you, once you get 10 wins, you can take over that realm. So right now it's just shadow realm versus earth realm there. Do the other realms are already defeated or they're not participating. Um, well, look, looking at the storyline of mortal Kombat, which is, I'm looking at an article published after the new movie came out talking about the series and why the things you need to know to fully understand the story. So once again, having to go to other mediums to understand the storyline, there are elder gods who created mortal Kombat, Um, and there are six realms and Shao Kahn has already taken over one of the six realms. And so he successfully conquered Edenia and then sets his sights on Earthrealm. He sent Shang Tsung, a powerful sorcerer, to host the tournaments on Earthrealm, and they are, you're right, once every generation. Shang Tsung would dominate the tournaments for the coming generations, and he loses the ninth one. (laughs) Again, without going into the losses in the other tournaments and what makes this one have stakes besides like mm-hmm. literally we're skipping all the way ahead to the the 10th one in a row that could possibly be lost like why were the other nine lost was it all cheating was it all nefarious were these guys just not good was there like some heartbreaking love story and betrayal and, and you know or was it just literally this is the 10th one and mm-hmm. And you know what? To secure victory, I'm going to send my ninja out to kill all the competitors. Yeah. Or does he do that every time? And that's why he keeps winning. And no, there's no... There's elder. no... Yeah, we don't know that. Because isn't Raiden an elder god? Yes. Or yeah. he... Maybe he's not an elder god, but he's like... Uh, some sort of god. He gets a little respect out of yeah, Song and them. So, some respect. So again, if, if there mm-hmm. are elder no gods... Respect. If there are elder gods who made all this, why aren't they saying, hey, you're violating the rules? Or, you know, and, and then if Shang Tsung can just unbreak those rules and be like, or break those rules and be like, nope, I'm I'm just going to do it. Nope, I should have won that 10th one and I didn't. And gosh darn it, I'm not going to go for another 10. And, and the elder gods just sat there and said, well, you know, he, he can go ahead. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't, it doesn't track who's really in control of all this stuff. It, it, it's a, it's a bunch of parts and pieces that just don't, don't really play well together and, and putting it all into a movie without more backstory that you don't have to go to a comic book or an IMDB site to find out. Yeah. It's, it's just hodgepodge, man. It's. Yep. Yeah, it is. It is. Um. One thing I just want to note before we finish up here is that I do remember there was a YouTube series that was made. Um, And I know they had two seasons, but I only watched the first one. Um, So I need to see where else you can find it now. It's probably on YouTube for free, but I know, um, I don't know if they made it pay-per-view or if I just lost interest so I didn't go watch the second season. 
they had a pretty good cast that they put into um into this into these like very short series and I remember the first season, each episode focusing on a character and gave you their backstory. And they were like nine minutes long each or 10 minutes long each. And so it was an easy way to imbibe Mortal Kombat without having to sit through a full movie. And I remember the first season being really good. And like I said, I don't remember why I never watched the second season where they actually go to the tournament. But it's definitely something to check out out there in in listener land. If you haven't already, find it on YouTube or, you know, wherever else it might be. But I remember Jax was played by, like, I think it's Michael Jai White. Sonia is somebody else. Jerry Ryan. She was in Star Trek Voyager. I'm looking up now. It's called Mortal Kombat Legacy. And I I do remember it being good. And I remember it being better than what we watched on HBO Max this year. So check it out. With all that being said, is there anything else, Eric, that we haven't discussed about Mortal Kombat movies and our remembrance of the game back in the 90s? It's a it's a big hodgepodge that started from a fighting game that didn't really make sense in the first place, but didn't need to make sense. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's that's really just where it comes from. And instead of cleaning things up and making it more streamlined, uh, they just made it more confusing by adding in the fact that you get superpowers if you get beat up hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> and get that dragon tattoo. Yeah, I guess the only thing uh, the only thing I'll throw in there that I two little things. One in the first Mortal Kombat, I really liked the revelation of Sub-Zero and Scorpion in the bottom of that boat. That looked really cool, the way they came walking in. They mm-hmm. really look larger than life and very, like, scary. Like, holy crap, these are these are some villains to be dealt with. I really yeah. like that scene. Um, there, there is some really good imagery in, in that first Mortal Kombat that I really did like, that looked really pretty. Like, I liked the beach scene. It's mm-hmm. just the fight itself was underwhelming but i liked i liked some of the landscapes they had and and all that so yeah that was pretty cool the other thing i'll say that i like that they added into uh the newest mortal Kombat. um well they they threw in a lot of and and i'll give the new movie that they did throw in a lot of the classic things you know mortal Kombat from like the phrases you know perfect flawless victory you know those those little things those were pretty cool um but but again to take it from a video game that's cool and try to make a real actor try to say it convincingly (laughs) (laughs) and make it not seem like totally stupid like it's like these guys are psychos you know it's like (laughs) they just cut this girl's head off and goes flawless victory yeah, it's he like, flies geez. he flies Molina through the blade of his hat and <laughs> yeah. says flawless victory. Flawless victory. <laughs> what is wrong with you, man? Are you insane? <laughs> that is nutty. Um uh-huh. but I did like when they were trying to get was it Cole or Luke Kang? I forget. Whichever one of them they needed them they needed their ability to come out. Maybe it was Cole. And they were fighting in that pit before the before Kano betrayed them. Uh, mm-hmm. 
he kept doing that leg sweep and just knocking him over, over and over and over again, which is a classic, even into the street fighter um, fighting game, right? Instead of using a big trick, you could just, if you got in a good groove, every time your opponent stood up, if you swept their leg really quickly, you could just keep knocking them over. Do you remember doing that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, you could just, you could win an entire match if you could just knock them over once and just be quick enough that as soon as they got on their feet again, before they could jump or punch or anything, you could keep just sweeping that leg. You could knock somebody's energy down to nearly nothing. And it was such a cheater move. And I do like that they threw that into uh, the new Mortal Kombat when they were in the pit. And mm-hmm. I can't remember if it was Cole or, or not, who kept trying to stand up. And then Liu Kang, boom, knocked him down. And as soon as he stood up, boom, knocked him down with that little leg sweep. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. a nice little nod. But besides yeah. that, yuck. It was. <laughs> Man. I I wanted to go back and just make a uh, correction. The person that I kept saying Kung Lao kills with his with his hat is actually Natara not Melina. Oh. So I just wanted to make sure I said that right for the, you know, seven people that listen to the show that'll be like it's not Melina. <laughs> um the seven people that watch the show and the two people that watch Mortal Kombat. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh. It's all right. I, I don't know what else to say about this. There's nothing else that I really want to talk about. Uh, I got nothing, man. Yeah, the the fatalities were cool um, in the new movie. I liked... I, it was called Arcana, when they get their superpowers. I liked all of them because it was very true to the game. But in a movie, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, like I said, so, it's almost psychotic. Yeah, like when Sonya finally gets her powers, she gets these weird rings that she blasts, which in the game she did like throw rings. But in a video game, it makes sense. Here, when it takes a lot of time to be able to focus and learn your arcana, and she just gets it immediately, it just it's just odd. It's It's odd. Right. Or but, somebody needs to tease you really hard at dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then your laser eye finally works. Uh, but I, I, I guess there's really nothing more to say. So Eric, did Mortal Kombat 2021 ruin what you knew of the Mortal Kombat franchise? No, <laughs> because I already feel like the original Mortal Kombat movies did not do a great job either. So to ruin a video game I had a passing interest in (laughs) uh, is very, very difficult to do. Um, And honestly, the second Annihilation or the Annihilation was so terrible um, that it it entertained me for the wrong reasons. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And this new one, the same way. It's like, after the fighting would end and I'd be like, wow, that fighting was really cool. Oh, cool. Some cheesy dialogue and exposition. I can't wait. Like I was cracking up at just how terrible it was. So 
it entertained me for the complete wrong reason. So uh, I can only thank uh, the latest Mortal Kombat for that. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it didn't ruin my childhood either. I, I played Mortal Kombat's 1 through 4 on consoles that I owned back in the day. And the first Mortal Kombat movie that came out, I want to say between 3 and 4, maybe that's why I stopped playing the games, because the first movie was just so meh, and then Annihilation was really bad. But it didn't ruin, the newest one didn't ruin anything. It's just a, an odd take, like we've talked about, an odd way to to reboot and grow this franchise. But we'll see what happens. We'll see where they go with it. And maybe the next movie where they have the tournament will be better. Maybe a Johnny Cage standalone movie will be interesting. Yeah. Maybe. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. But we'll see where it goes. And I'm sure they can't do much more to ruin it than Annihilation did. So we'll see. So, Eric, where can the people out in listener land find you? Um, They can find me at... Eric underscore Walensky on Instagram. You can also find me at Mr. Mist Mask on Instagram. And uh, I've been taking pictures of mostly masks that have found their way into the world now that everybody had to wear masks and then discards them indiscriminately all over our beautiful country. And uh, I take pictures of those masks, and uh, sometimes I write little poems about them. Uh, and then you all can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Fildimo, F-I-L-D-I-M-O. And also follow the podcast at Podcast Ruined on Instagram and Twitter. We thank you all for listening in as we take a look back at the Mortal Kombat franchise, and we hope that this look at it didn't ruin your childhood. Could it be I've misunderstood? This podcast ruined my childhood. These are your champions. I'm Sonya. That's Kano. I'm Liu Kang. Name's Jax. Kung Lao. Lord Raiden. The fate of Earth is in our hands. fucking beauty well and maybe maybe we'll find out who ray's parents are and maybe it'll turn out finn has a, or wait no i'm sorry that's the wrong terrible reboot